On today's podcast, we are going to review some key points uh, from a book by someone whose name we can definitely we, we can pronounce. pronounce. This. Even we can pronounce this. Name. Meg J. Meg J. Um, and the title of the book is The Defining Decade. And we have it standing here, <laughs> right here in between us. Now, we didn't have a chance to interview uh, Meg J for right. this, but there are some really important points um, in this book that we just thought we would talk about. Right. This is a topic, um, this was recommended to me by um, by my daughter, actually, um. who's a 20-something, mm-hmm. okay? And um, she read it and she said, Dad, you've been talking about, she knows that we talk and write about uh, failure to launch right. um, and those sorts of issues that are relevant to mm-hmm. 20-year-olds and the 20 being the new 30 and all that. And teenagers want to look like 20-somethings and um, the Housewives of America want to look like they're 29, you know, that mm-hmm. everybody wants to be in their 20s, <clears throat> except the people who are in their 20s. And um, so she she suggested that I read this book. And it was an absolutely fascinating read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meg Jay is an assistant professor at uh, the University of Virginia, mm-hmm. got her doctorate at uh, uh, Berkeley, uh, University of California, Berkeley. And um, she bases this book on a study that was done by a joint project at uh, Boston University mm-hmm. and the University of Michigan, Michigan. Mm-hmm. two of our premier universities. And it was a fascinating study. What they did is they took, they interviewed prominent um, individuals, mm-hmm. prominent Americans, and what they wanted to know was, to what did you attribute your success? Right. And one of the surprising findings was that most of the what what most of the interviewees said was that most of the important decisions mm-hmm. consequences the most consequential things in their lives began in their 20s it was right. what they did in their 20s that um, led to later success right now in, in Building on that, one of the mm-hmm. really important and very interesting things that, that was mentioned right. was that about 80% of life's defining That's right. events occur prior to the age of 35. That's right. And most of them in the, within that, that decade of the 20s. That's right. And that's what was surprising here is yeah. that so much of your so much of what you later become, um, all that groundwork is really occurs in your 20s, maybe a few years of your 30s, yeah. but essentially in your 20s. So what we did, I mean, we can't talk about the entire book, it would take too long, but um, the book is divided into three chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first chapter is about work, the second is about love and relationships, and the third is about brain development. Right, three sections. Right, yeah. but the recurring theme in the book is you need to make a commitment. Mm-hmm. Now that we know what the 20s represent, because what has happened in the past 20 to 30 years, right. um, uh, I would say, since the since the 70s, mm-hmm. um, and really since the inter- since the appearance of birth control. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that birth yeah. control created um, right. a, a whole new culture uh, because prior to that, uh, prior to the 70s, um, as as she says in the book. People went for hundreds of years. People went from being sons and daughters mm-hmm. to being husbands and wives, right. and, and it was, boy, I did that. Right. I mean, I went from a college student to a husband, mm-hmm. um, married at twenty-two or twenty-three, and that's what most people did. Mm-hmm. Okay, with the introduction of the pill, 
uh, women went into the workplace, mm -hmm. and suddenly the 20-somethings, and it wasn't just because of the pill, the 20-somethings became what she calls the odyssey years, mm -hmm. okay? That you can use the 20s for other things. Right. The, the, what the book is about is you don't have those years. Right. Th those, th that really doesn't exist. And so what we're going to do in this podcast is well, let's talk about the 20s mm -hmm. and what we should be doing and, and some of the myths, and then go in and talk about the 30s. Right. So we'll talk about the 20s first. Right. Okay? And as you said, 80% mm -hmm. of right. everything we... And that's probably true. I mean, it's right. true for you, isn't it? Yeah, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I mean, you, you graduate high school at 18, 19, so that's right. pretty close to your 20s. You're, if you're going to college, you're mm -hmm. finishing college in your early 20s. Um, right. If you go straight from high school to, to work, you know, you're, you're starting your career, you're starting, you're starting your, your work um, in, the, in your 20s. Um, like even if you go to college, you're going to be starting your career in your 20s. That's right. Um, I, I think there was a, a statistic that she mentioned. Um, most of your um, uh, wages, your your fastest wage increase, right. increases occur in your 20s. Yeah, we always, um, when you talk to 20-somethings, mm -hmm. I say, well, I'm going to be making a six-figure salary by the time I'm in my 30s. Right. Not unless you start in your 20s. Right. I mean, you might, you mm -hmm. know, if you go to medical school or law school and you graduate in your late 20s, mm -hmm. You may start out at a higher salary. Mm -hmm. You may or may not, but the the biggest salary increases, wh where you where you take those biggest leaps, are going to occur in your twenties. Yeah, and that's when you build the capital, mm -hmm. uh, personal capital, that you need for those substantial. You're going to start at minimum wage. Right. In fact, you're going to do the entry level job today is an unpaid internship. Right. Yeah. You know, um, you're 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 going to have to do some six months or three yeah. months or some maybe a year I mean in our field we some people do a year-long unpaid internship right that's the entry-level job right and you better get that out of the way early because you don't want to be doing an unpaid internship in your 30s right right because the other important things that happen tend to happen in our 20s is we get married we start our we start having children right um, you know the um, women's fertility tends to peak in the mid to in their mid to late twenties. That's right. Um, and mm -hmm. so, certainly by their thirties, most women. Um, and, and there's some some of that some of those statistics are starting to change because of um, what you were talking mm -hmm. about earlier, um, especially with women um, entering the professional workforce. Right. And really, um, really taking over a mm -hmm. higher education. Uh, right. You know, women are are entering college and and you know graduate schools mm -hmm. and professional schools at a right. much faster rate than than men. And um, but because of that, you know, some many women are having children a little bit later in life. But right. you know, by and large, by the end of your twenties, most people are starting to have kids and families. But the biology of it, which right. and you can't trick right. biology. Um, you and I have both done um, work in teenage pregnancy, right. you know, followed uh, preterm infants and teenage mothers, and um, although conception is possible mm -hmm. uh, when you're twelve or thirteen or fourteen, with the right. onset of it. Um, we want the female body isn't really ready until girls are in their late teens. I mean, that's the at the earliest, right? Right. right. That so uh, there, there's much that's going on in mm -hmm. a young girl's body. Um, yes, conception is possible, but we'd like to delay it until we're into our eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Right. 
That's putting it lightly. <laughs> not just not just for educational purposes and you know life choices, but because the biology of it right. is that the that the, um, uh, the the structures and the processes it takes a couple of years for them to reach to really reach maturity. Right. So let's say that um, we don't want to wait until you're 18 or 19. It peaks at 28. Right. So again, it's the 20s. That are the that are mm-hmm. the best time uh, right. biologically to have. Yeah. Yes, you can do it in your thirties. You can do it in your forties, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a whole other set of challenges right. in those years. So, yeah. from a biological perspective, um, the twenties are seem to be the best. Um, they're twenty five to thirty five seem right. to be the best years. And, and we've talked before about uh, other bi- biology mm-hmm. uh, biological processes. Your brain mm-hmm. continues to develop and is right. really going through a lot of changes. Um, until about your mid uh, to mid twenties or so, um, and then also your you know from a psychological perspective, you know it's in those early to mid twenties that your personality That's is right. really starting to gel and becomes you know what it will likely be for the most of most of the rest of your life. Yeah, and I'm glad she mentions that yeah. um, because most people think that w- we usually say well personality is formed by three or four mm-hmm. or five. Some of your basic temperament is, right. but a great deal happens right. in high school and in your twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brain doesn't finish developing until we're in our mid twenties. Okay, right. so it's an important period of brain development, but also personality development. Right. And one of the things that she says is, there's an advantage for you to um, grow up together. Mm-hmm. You know, go, go through this together as partners. Because by the time you get into your thirties, mm-hmm. you're kind of set in your ways, and it's it, and you become a little less flexible. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you grow together in your twenties, um, you you really have become right. a couple. Right. Um, anyway, uh, the the Odyssey years. Yes. Okay. Um, many people tend to think of the twenties as these are these are time when I can sort of travel around mm-hmm. and do what mm-hmm. I want and waste my time, and and it's led to some new names. Right. Which <laughs> it's kind of amusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twixters, mm-hmm. isn't there a candy bar called Twix? Yes, Twix. So Twixters, because they're between. Uh-huh. Okay, mm-hmm. adults. Right. <laughs> kids that kids, are adults. Kids, that's uh-huh. right. Adults who are kids, pre-adults, and adult adolescents. Right. Somewhere between an adolescent and an adult. Right. Um, so we have this new vocabulary, mm-hmm. um, and. Because people, many people tend to think of their 20s as, dispo- you know, I'll go to college and then I'll travel around and I'll mm-hmm. take a year off and I, they call it a gap year. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, I'll take some time off and I'll just be a, I'll work in a coffee shop or I'll, right. you know, do some things that, you know, because I got to figure out what I'm going to do. The problem is, is it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. If you don't get started right. when you're 22 or 23, suddenly you're 26 or 27. And what what's happening to people who who go to Miss um, uh, J's private practice is they end up saying I have nothing to show for my twenties, right. and that's the catastrophe: is that I have nothing to show for it. Right. I've traveled around, I've been to Europe, I've been a barista, I've worked part time, I have I've worked three or four part time jobs, but I really have nothing to show for right. it since I graduated from college. Right. Well, you know, and we've discussed before. Um, there is a. Um, 
a, a theorist or a, you mm -hmm. know Eric Erickson. Eric Erickson talked a lot about uh, these stages of, of right. uh, psychosocial um, and psychological development, mm -hmm. and he talked about during the adolescent years we are working really uh, diligently uh, to, to to create our identity, who, right. we, who we are. Mm -hmm. We're trying to, um, um, you know, sort of stake our claim as far as um, our identity, who right. we want to be, who we want to be like, um, who, we're, who mm -hmm. we're going to emulate. Right. Um, and, and I like that she mentions that while we do that during adolescence, mm -hmm. it's during the, during the 20s that we are actually engaging in things to formalize right. that. That's right. That's uh, what. That's because, right. you know, if you identify yourself as a, you know, a working professional or you identify yourself as a, a family man or right. a family woman or um, whatever it is that you work to identify, um, create as your identity during mm -hmm. those adolescent years, right. you are doing things in your 20s to make that uh, a reality. That's right. An excellent point. And she talks about Erickson in the book. Mm -hmm. and she mentions mm -hmm. him by name. And um, we use our adolescent years to decide who we are. Right. You know, when we say personality develops later, your basic temperament is set by three or four or five. Right. But a great deal of our identity doesn't occur until, right. you know, gender identity and, you know, what. And you think about ath athletes, mm -hmm. okay? You decide in your teenage years, you know, most kids drop out of sports, kids' sports by 12 or 13. 12 or 13. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, those who go on then have to make a decision. Right. Am I going to be a college athlete? Mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm. and if you're going to be a professional athlete, that happens in your twenties. You, right. You're done in your thirties. It's you, right. you most people are. I mean, Tom Brady is a rare exception, or mm -hmm. Drew Brees, but um, most of that occurs in our twenties. Mm -hmm. I mean, in that regard, she's right that we we defined ourselves in our teenage years, mm -hmm. and we became that in our twenties. Right. By the time we're in our thirties. We're headed on the other side of that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so to your point about taking a year off, or, or um, I don't want to say wasting those years, because you know, part of your identity could be uh, that of a world traveler, and so you take a year off and you travel some. That is helping to formulate your identity. So it, it does depend on how you see yourself and what your goals and aspirations and That's right. uh, and all are, but. You, you know, if you're if you're identifying yourself as a um, you know as a as a professional right. uh, working in a in a practice or in a mm -hmm. business somewhere, and you take uh, a year or two or three off before you go to graduate before right. you go to school um, or before you gain mm -hmm. some of that training, now you're losing those really important years where you right. are, are building what she what we refer to as um, identity capital. She calls it identity capital, yeah. right? And and you have to build that in your twenties, right? You know. You can't wait until you're in your 30s. You can travel for a year or two. Mm -hmm. You're building identity capital. Right. That's stuff that's going to go on your resume. So some of it is resume building, mm -hmm. and some of it is uh, personal right. uh, development. Um, but yes, it's it's the time to build identity capital. That's what the that's one right. of the uses for the 20s. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And and in uh, building upon that, I like how she talked about um, how that works with relationships. That's right. You know. Right. Um, because you're creating that identity capital, because you're really working to formulate who you are, you're, you're, you're making who you are during your 20s. Right. You identify it in your teens, you make it in your 20s. Um, that's when it's really important to be in, right. you know, find those important relationships in your life because then you're doing that together. Right. Um, you know, if you and your partner 
um, are working together to find your individual um, right. or to formulate, uh, create your individual identities, mm -hmm. you're going to be doing that together, right. and then you're going to uh, be able to grow together um, mm -hmm. and you know, um, have that anticipation and that expectation and, and familiarity of right. each other um, you know, during those formative years. During those 20s, when, yeah. when, when each of you is developing right. um, that personality development that she talks about. Yeah. And this is a good transition to cohabitation. Right. Okay? That's a popular way of doing things. Mm -hmm. But when when we um, slide through our twenties mm -hmm. and we're not building capital and we're not making commitments, mm -hmm. when we when we kind of glide through our twenties and we don't make a decision about career, we don't make a decision about a partner, or uh, we don't make a decision about where we want to be and what we want to be doing, suddenly we're hit with the age thirty deadline. Right. Okay. And if the if 30 is the new 20, mm -hmm. um, if in my generation we, we said by my 20s I have to be at a certain place, mm -hmm. if they're saying by my 30s I have to be in a certain place, um, the 30s, and we're going we're gonna to get to that in a minute, the 30s um, create a whole new set of challenges. Right. If you wait, if you do in your 30s, it's more difficult to do in your 30s what you should have done in your 20s. Right. Okay? Right. And so she mentions uh, one woman in the um, in the book she talks about one woman who said well i'm 27 you know i i want to date i want to do some things and i don't want to make any serious commitments or anything but suddenly two or three years later she's looking at 30 right. and now she's thinking whoa now i have to get serious right well everybody else is already married and they're already mm -hmm. raising families and yeah. they already have children and so there are, it, it's much more limited at 30 than it was at 33 than it was at right. 23. Right. Okay. So, yeah. so you think you have time in your 20s mm -hmm. to waste them, but you really don't. Right. Mm -hmm. And then she talks about cohabitation. Yeah, she doesn't and seem to be a fan. She, I don't think she, well, the wonderful analogy she uses, it's, she calls it, it's like musical chairs. Mm -hmm. In your 20s, you know, the music play, if you're all familiar with the children's game of musical chairs where, mm -hmm. Uh, the music stop, uh, The music begins, and you all move around the chairs. And then, when it stops, everybody sits down. Okay, mm -hmm. and she treats. Uh, we treat relationships like musical chairs. Right. Suddenly, the music stops in our thirties. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. because it's no longer right. done that way yeah. when you're in your thirties, and and it's a terrifying. She calls it the age thirty deadline, um, because now you have to do. Now you only have a few years mm -hmm. when you begin to approach that. Um, yeah. the biology again becomes a reality right. and you say well I'll get married by the time I'm 32 and then I can have a family when I'm 35 and it's very different then. Right. Uh, the, uh, the challenges are very very different in your 30s yeah. and there's a pressure mm -hmm. to do it that didn't exist in your 20s. Right. Okay? Yeah and so. so but she doesn't seem to be a fan of cohabitation no. and, and she talks about the, the significant increase but it is uh, she, she again kind of consistent with her theme um, kind of attributes it to a, a, a lack of commitment, a That's lack right. of, um, you, you know, when you're not committed to formulating, uh, creating right. uh, your identity, when you're not committed to, you know, mm -hmm. what you're going to, you know, achieving some of those personal and professional goals. Right. If you're not committed to identifying and finding that relationship, mm -hmm. that's going to be really right. um, critical for you throughout the course of the rest of your life. Right. Um, 
you know, you're, you're playing with that same sort of risk of, right. of being too late. Right, and she mentions these wonderful statistics. She said in the 1960, in 1960, there were approximately 500,000 mm -hmm. couples who were cohabitating. Right. In 2012, eight million were right. cohabitating. So yes, it's become very, very popular. Right. And once again, uh, we've convinced ourselves that cohabitation is a good idea right. because we get used to each other and sort of like a test drive. Right. We can see if we really want to be in this relationship. And she said, actually, the data don't support right. that cohabitating leads to more stable marriages. After 25, it doesn't matter whether right. you've lived together or not. Right. The divorce rates are the same. Um, she calls it sliding in. She said right. it's very easy to slide into a relationship. Um, you start dating, then you have um, an exclusive relationship with one person, and then, then you start sleeping together, and from sleeping together once in a while, you sleep together more frequently, and then you sort of move your stuff in and you set up housekeeping to, you know, you, you're not getting mm -hmm. married, but you're sort of sliding into a relationship. She said it's very easy to slide in, uh, very slippery and very mm -hmm. easy. Much more difficult to get out. Right. And she mentions one of her patients who said, I, I'm not leaving because I can't afford to buy my own couch. Because when, yeah. when you're two single people working, you have mm -hmm. lots of disposable income. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to go out and buy stuff, right. furniture and right. utensils and everything. But then if you want to get out of the relationship, how do you divide that stuff? Right. You know, and, and so it's, it's, you're in a little bit of a commitment. It's very, very difficult to get out. You think right. it's going to be easy, but in fact, it's like quicksand. Right. You, you get drawn into it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and again, she, she kind of um, attributed that to or, or kind of carried that over into the nature of relationships right. as well. So mm -hmm. just as it is easier to... Um, get things and to have things and that sliding in right. uh, during your during your 20s and mm -hmm. that is really easy you get into some of these relationships that may not be the relationships that you need later right. on but you're now stuck that's right even and without children right right you're, you're stuck yeah you have, you have couches and you have thing division of property that yeah we don't account for in our right. country you know? yeah and, and she referred to refers to the setup costs and the um, switching costs right the setup yeah. costs are, are cheap right you know it's easy to easy to get things set up yeah switching changing uh, yeah. much more difficult right right yeah um, okay and then we move to the 30s so if you if you don't use your 20s mm -hmm. to establish career and identity and relationships mm -hmm. if you don't make those commitments in your 20s, mm -hmm. then you say, well, I can do it in my 30s. Right. Um, maybe you can and maybe you can't. Yeah. Worth considering these things. Right. The, the first thing that she mentions and, and is absolutely true, right. and that is that everything, everything slows down in your 30s. That's right. You know, your 20s, and, and when you think back to your 20s, your 20s pass by so fast. It's like all of a sudden they're done, right? right. Mm -hmm. But your thirties start to slow down, and not slow down necessarily in a good way, right? You know, that's right. It's it's more difficult to do things, and and, and I I think that this goes her points go very well with the idea of your, um, you know, when we think about relationships, your selection right. pool, you know, the pool, yes. the pool from which you fish, you know, um, <laughs> when you're in high college, let's say, oh. you know, you're you're at a college and there's you know thirty thousand other 000. people in um, your age range. All in your age range. Right. Um, the, your 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 
the fishing pool um, pool that you're you're going into mm -hmm. to try to find a partner right. is pretty big. It's, it's the huge. ocean, right? Okay. I mean, here you are, thirty thousand people in your age range. Right. What? It will never be like that. Again. It'll never. You <laughs> um, think you have time, right? <laughs> and then, but as soon as you finish college and you go to uh, to go to work, That's okay. Right. Now your pool is getting smaller. Right. Um, maybe you know again in your twenties, maybe you still go to clubs or you go mm -hmm. to parties or you go to bars and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so, um, it's not thirty thousand, but. And it depends where you live. Right. If you live in if you live in a small town, a town of a hundred thousand, let's say. Right. That's a pretty small. Yeah. The group in there, there are fifty million of you, but if you live in a town of a hundred thousand people, mm -hmm. there aren't many available right. twenty some twenty five and twenty six year olds. Right. Okay. Um, and so you can feel the pool shrink. Right. And people talk about that. Right. You know, when I was in college, I had all these people of the same age. Now I'm 23 right. or 24, and there's just a handful. If you live in a large city, mm -hmm. there's a larger pool. Right. Like if you go to Washington, D.C., where you have a, a lot of young single professionals, right. um, the pool in your 20s is still pretty big. Right. It but shrinks you get, dramatically right. in your you 30s. Your 30s it's now it's tiny. Yeah. Okay. Now it sh really shrinks. Right. So these, the, one of the disadvantages of waiting until you're in your twenties, mm -hmm. you're going to be, yeah, have a lot fewer fish. Right. 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 So, the, so many of those opportunities are going to, um, are going to dry yeah. up. Right. It's, this is what she means by fewer consequential right. things are going to happen. Right. So, so the the pool from which you look for partners are, is going to, to dry right. up. Mm -hmm. um, you are typically done with school by the right. time you're in your 30s, and so you are going to be more uh, likely to be uh, set right. in whatever career or whatever. Um, yeah, like even, it or not. Even worldview sometimes, yeah. that's going to be now set, and that's you that's are right. where you're going to be, and few people change, um, you know, political perspectives or, um, mm -hmm. you know, religious or life, right. uh, you know, big life perspectives. Mm -hmm. Few people change those um, after their, once they're That's in their right. 30s. When you think of what a person who goes through medical school or law school or a PhD program, mm -hmm. if you extend your education, okay, so you're either going to extend your education or you're going to have a job right. when you're in your, in, through those 20s. So much happens to you mm -hmm. in a PhD program, an MD program, right. or a law school program, that by the time you're through, you've done so many things by the time you get to your late 20s. Right. When you get to your 30s, now you're, you're channeled in a career, mm -hmm. and you don't have these broad, varied experiences. Right. You have very narrow experiences, right. because now you're, you're in a much narrower place. Right. You are a physician, you are an attorney, you are a businessman. You are a teacher. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go out and reinvent yourself as you did in your 20s. Right. Okay. That's what she means by consequential experiences. Right. Right. And so, all, because so much, so much of that is should be formed in your 20s. That's right. You know, the other thing that happens in your 30s is now you have highly energetic, motivated, energized younger people. As competition coming after, um, right. and so you know you're starting to look for jobs in your 30s. Now you have people who are maybe you know 10 years younger than you, That's with right. the same if not more education than you. That's right. The same or maybe even more experience than you, depending right. on how you spent your 20s. And it's going to be very difficult for you to find work. Um, you know, it's of course it's easier in your 30s than it will be in your 40s. 
um, but every decade, every decade. Um, thereafter gets mm -hmm. more and more difficult. Right. If you wait, if you say, well, I'm going to figure myself out in my 20s, I'll start my career in my 30s, you're starting your career in your 30s, others are starting mm -hmm. in their 20s, it's very likely that you could be supervised by somebody much younger mm -hmm. than you. Okay? Right. And you're going to be expecting and you're going to need to make more money in your 30s, you're still going to be at a startup salary, a right. starting salary. Right. Um, that's easy to do when you're 24 or 25. Mm -hmm. And you don't have children and you're single right. and you can share expenses. But if you're married at 35 mm -hmm. um, or you have children at 35, mm -hmm. you're going to need more income, right. but you're still going to be at entry level because right. okay, you burned up those 10, 10 years during your 20s. Right. So 30s present a whole new set of challenges. Right. And, and I like, she refers to this as uh, the, the tyranny of should. The tyranny of should. And, and right. it's during our 30s that we start to say, mm -hmm. I should have done this. Right. I should have done that. Right. I wish I would have been here. I wish I would have done that. I right. wish I wouldn't have done that. Right. Um, and that tyranny of should is really a, a driving factor for mm -hmm. um, things that we see people right. for, like mm -hmm. depression and anxiety and, and some of those kinds of issues, things that really start to hit people in their 30s mm -hmm. because they, they didn't do some of the things in their 20s that they should have done. That's right. Avoid that in your 30s mm -hmm. is, is use your 20s to say, this is what I really want to do. Right. You know, many people say, well, I should move away from my hometown or I should go to Washington, D.C. or I should move to New York or I should. That's the tyranny of should. Right. Okay. Do what, decide what you want to do and where you want to do it. If you want to return to your hometown, there's no embarrassment in that. Right. Return to your hometown and make the life that you want to make for yourself. Absolutely. D don't think of, well, I should do this and I should. It's your life. Right. Make a decision, make a commitment, live the life that you want to live. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you referred yeah. to, um, you know, one of the final things that she mentioned um, as we were talking about the pool, and I, I didn't mm -hmm. have the stats up when we were talking about it, but 50% right. Of Americans are married by the time they're 30. That's right. 75% are married by the time they're 35, and 85% are married by the time they're 40. That's right. We, we think that everybody's cohabitating and that nobody's getting married anymore. Yeah. We're, we're the most marrying nation in the, in the world. Yeah. We're more, we marry more than anybody else in the world. Yeah. And, and, and more times. Right. Than and <laughs> more often. That's right. Yeah. Um, there's one other thought here that mm -hmm. I wanted to mention. Um, Twenty-five percent. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that twenty-somethings complain about is that if we were told that right. if we went to college, mm -hmm. and, you know, as a matter that if we went to college, these wonderful things would happen. Um, and for a long time, that was what we did tell people. Right. Then the recession hit, two thousand and eight, mm -hmm. and the recession hit, and the statistics now are are alarming. Twenty-five percent of young people are unemployed. Mm -hmm. Um, we have about less than 4% unemployment in our right. country today, but a, a higher percentage of 20-somethings are unemployed. Right. Alarmingly, 25% are underemployed. Right. They're not getting on with their careers. Right. And, so that's 50% um, of 20-somethings. That's right. Is it, 50% are either unemployed or underemployed. That's right. And those who are working are making less than their parents made. When their parents started right. their careers in the 1970s, they really had more disposable income mm -hmm. because of inflation and wages and all that. Um, 
Today, um, people who are working are making less. So 25% unemployed, 25% underemployed, and even those who are employed are really making less. Right. So you again, you don't have time right. to, to, to burn up the, um, the 20s. Um, you need to make some decisions right. is the bottom line. Yeah. So if you are if you're a, if you're a youngster, uh, high school, college, 20 something, you may want to take a look at this book yeah. and hear the stories of other people who have been through it. Yeah. If you're a parent and you have children of any age, yeah. you and I have said to parents, you need to have your children ready at 18 mm-hmm. to be right. to be independent right. because they're going to go to college and they have to be able to use these 20s. Yeah. They they can't what you owe your children is to make sure that they don't become adults yeah. or or adult adolescents. Yeah. You know? um, so y- you have you have obligations to get your children to that place by the time they're eighteen or absolutely, 19. Mm-hmm. absolutely. And and you need to um, you know one of the things we always tell our teens and twenty somethings is you just have to get started. It, it doesn't matter if it's the if it's ultimately the wrong path. You just have to get on a path. I mean, you have to do it in your 20s. You right. can't be making these decisions in your 30s. Right. Okay? Yeah, if you figure out at 23 that you made the wrong choice for, for a career, you still have time to you, fix that. If you're 33 and you figure out for the first time that you made the wrong decision, mm-hmm. the, the, it's, it's much more difficult. Right. So. And, it's, and it's hard for when you're in your 20s to think of, well, I, have, I can do it in my 30s or I can do it in my 40s. No. Each decade, you're going to have a little less energy. Right. No matter how much you run, no matter how much you work out, you are going to wear down. The other thing that's going to happen is you're going to have other people to take care of. Right. Either parent. We talked about it last Mm -hmm. last week. You're either going to have elderly parents to take care of, Mm -hmm. or you're going to have your own children to take care of, or both Mm -hmm. to take care of. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have less energy, more responsibility. Absolutely. It's hard to imagine when you're 20, but take a look at this. Um, There's a lot of Good advice, yep. wisdom, mm-hmm. and um, uh, take a look at it if you're raising children or if you're in your 20s. Yep. Highly recommended. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, that then is it for today. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.